I got the bucket so you could have some. I've never had fried chicken in my life. Who you bullshitting? You people love the fried chicken, the grits and the collard greens. I love it, too. Negro cooks used to make it all the time when I was in the Army. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right? I'm good. No, no, you're not good. You're bad. All right, I have tone, I have levels. All right, everybody, welcome in. Welcome to Matt and Bob. We're here to pod. I'm, of course, Matt Hayes, and joining me, he has not received satisfaction, Bob Panalone. Hey, Mr. Hayes. What's up, asshole? A little uh, theater queer uh, reference <laughs> yeah. there off the top. Yeah. Uh, Took yourself uh, down to the local art house theater to check out a play that I recommended you. And it was fantastic. So, yeah, let me just dive into Theater Queer Corner for a minute here on the pod. We'll lose all of the (laughs) listeners instantly. (laughs) Steppenwolf Theater, uh, the illustrious, um, has a – the West Coast premiere of uh, Tracy Letts' Linda Vista came out to L.A. I saw it, and it was uh, fantastic. One of the best plays I've seen in a really long time. So thanks thanks for the wreck. Yeah, I saw it three years ago. I still think about it. Was it it really three years? Yeah, yeah. Maybe about two and a half. But because he did uh, he did Mary Page Marlowe before that, and that was only a couple years ago, I thought. Um, or maybe I maybe I'm getting switched. my timeline mixed up, but it was it was a little while ago. But they uh, yeah, it was a great play, and I I think about it a lot, and you know it's just it's nice to I I I follow Steppenwolf on Facebook, and they all a lot of the same cast were coming back out in L.A. So I texted you and I said, hey, I really think you should check this one out. I think you'd appreciate it. So glad you get took the wreck and went out and saw it and enjoyed yourself. Hilarious. And and some great gratuitous sex scenes as well. Yes, yes. I told you to sit in the front row. Bring a poncho. <laughs> yeah, I didn't bring the poncho, but I was uh, showered with joy. Um, <laughs> well, hey, Matt Hayes, uh, I was going to recommend that sometime in the very near future, me and you take a road trip. Is that something you'd be interested in doing with me? Taking a road yeah, trip? Yeah. I think the first oh, yeah. place we should plot a course to on our road trip is the wonderful city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Sounds like a yeah, place me I, and you would enjoy. I'd love to see, you know, if, if it's true, if the tits really are bigger. <laughs> that, of course, is my transition into our conversation on Academy Award-nominated Green Book. Academy, yeah, and and uh, front runner. Any, so yeah, we're today we're gonna be talking Green Book. Hit a little, uh, give it a stream, um, and not to mention today's Groundhog Day. Um, yeah. Bob, Bob did see his shadow this morning, so it's gonna be an early, early spring. spring. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, you're listening to the analysis, uh, and this, uh, yeah, let's get into Green Book. What <laughs> yeah. do you think? Uh, I. You know what? Me and you have been, if you go back to our Oscar episode that we released about three weeks ago, and maybe, my again, my timeline is messed up, but our, our Oscar episode, neither one of us had seen Green Book, so it was really hard for us to talk about who we thought was going to win a lot of these big ticket awards, because Green Book's pretty well represented, and neither one of us seemed very excited about the movie, but I really enjoyed it. I actually really yeah, enjoyed this it came, movie. It came out a little early. It was it was on the top of like the big Christmas push. It was like right before Thanksgiving. I think the trailer came out. It, I, I think it came out just after um, 
the A Star Is Born, and you're like, okay, here comes here comes the here Oscar they come, bait yeah. movies, and this is just quintessential, you know, oppressed. Yeah, 1960s um, musician, 1960s. Um, yeah, I so I, I kind of lost a little steam on it because I was okay. Here we go again, um, and just never got around to it. Everything else kind of came up, and more excited about getting out to see Roma and everything else that happened. Uh, but I totally get it. I mean, I, I see why it's up there. It won the Producers Guild Award, which is, uh, you know, I think seven out of the last eight have won- gone on to win Oscars. I know there's a lot of controversy with Peter Fairley, you know, whipping Peter his Fairley, dick out. Yeah. And also the Mar- Mahershala Ali's character. Yeah, being kind was, of... The family feels that he was represented, misrepresented, because he's very much a loner and is separated from his family. That's part of his character arc is is that loner mentality but they said the man wasn't like that at all was very loving uh, was very connected to his family so there's misrepresentation for the sake of drama in this yeah. movie so they were upset with it that is odd to uh, okay so it is written by the son of Vigo Mortensen's character it's written by Nick Balalonga um, who, who's already risen to prominence you know he gave the acceptance speech at the Globes um, and it is a one-sided story, you know. It's it's the memoir of um, the the chauffeur, and uh, mm-hmm. you're go- you're gonna get one-sided. I guess it is a little odd that they would choose to uh, misrepresent the guy. I mean, I, I wonder how that change was decided. They also didn't seem to have as great of a relationship as the movie led on to them believe. It was very much a uh-huh. working relationship. And the movie makes it seem like it goes beyond that, but they said not necessarily. So, I I mean, I don't know. It's it is kind of tough when these movies come out. And we've talked about it on here before, where they say true story, true story, or based on a true story, and then it's it's almost fifty percent or less. Yeah, and then they have free reign. Factual. It does make you, you annoy out there. Then you can yeah. do whatever you want. Um, yeah, it, it it can be a little. Um, uh, misrepresentative or um, um, Im- not immature, but uh, lacking responsibility, I suppose, I- I- in a little bit. But but also, I think with Bohemian Rhapsody, I know, I mean, you have kind of allowed a little bit of blowback on, and and with this, I I just think too often people are expecting like documentaries, and they're still they're still movies, they're still artistic, yeah. they're still artistic they're movies uh, mm-hmm. representations, and uh, it's not like they paint them in a bad light. He doesn't come across as like this awful person. You you, you feel for him completely. Um. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Don Shirley. I and and really, what this movie the the appeal to the movie is the two actors that mm-hmm. are at the top of their game working off of each other, and that's where I guess I'd like to start. Is man, Mahershala Ali is on one of these kind of you know you always like to reference the McConaughey's, but he's on just an incredible oh, yeah. he, role right he's now. He's the new McConaughey. He's just like he's throwing ninety nine. <laughs> and that's not just because he's in True Detective as well, but he's right. yeah, it's just and he and you know I'm a big I really came out and you know pounded the table for Sam Elliott and really believed at the time that I mm-hmm. had seen Star is Born that Sam Elliott was going to win, but Mahershala Ali has so much more to do. Yeah. in this movie than Sam Elliott did in his. It's essentially a co-lead. And yeah, and that's another thing when we get into the 
the award season, it's just like how was this? How was Doctor Don Shirley even considered a supporting character in this movie? He's it's it's the screen time is split fifty fifty, and you read that really there's no rules or guidelines for it's really just what the movie what the production of the movie wants to build the the characters are in lieu of the race right. that they're in. So I mean, really, it's like this guy isn't even a supporting actor in this movie, but. I digress. Uh, he's so good in this. And then we've got Viggo Mortensen, who likes to sleep outside, and he's pretty much Christian Bale light mm-hmm. in this. You know, he puts on the weight. He's always he's eating the sandwiches. He's eating the fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Dye his hair. They dye his hair. You know, he's trying to do his his, his Italian accent. Um, but you know, he's obviously fantastic. He's always brings elevates roles and brings his A games to movies. So the two of them working together was amazing. I found it hard to picture him as, uh, what's that fucking Aragorn or uh, whoever he played in um, Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I was like, man, is that the same guy? I, I, I forgot that he started out as this like heartthrob and you know these fantasy epics. But it, it, I thought this movie was really funny. Uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. You know, it, it, it got you choked up. It, it, it kind of spanned the gamut. It was. Uh, yeah, wide range of emotions. Um, I also kind of wanted to ask you about, uh, it kind of brings me to a point I wanted to make about the kind of the state of comedy where y- there really aren't good comedy movies. It, you kind of have to find the laughs in just good movies. Um, yes, good point. Yeah, there's no more like brick and mortar, huge production around Austin Powers. Yeah, there's no there's no Austin Powers. There's no Jim Carrey films. You know, like Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I mean, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, that time has kind of come and passed. There was there's there was a little run there of the Hangover was had a little run there. Yeah, the adult comedy where it was a forty year old virgins and Seth Rogen. Yeah, and it was it was kind of the the adult man. Judd comedy. Apatow had his uh, day in the sun for for sure. Yeah, but even those were very they were more realistic comedies not, versus not, these off the wall characters. Now it's just like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley fucking around and uh, and you know the what the the tag. Uh, movies and I mean mm-hmm. stuff like yeah I'm ga- I'm waiting for a new movement I'm waiting for a new comedy movement to kind of come and take hold yeah because every once in a while like game night was pretty good um but for the most part if it's like billed as a comedy it, it just looks trash and there there's yeah. no I can't remember the last like instant classic uh, on the level of something like Groundhog Day where where I, I watched mm-hmm. your post and I was like God I forgot how funny this movie is that Ned Ryerson, Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Needle Nose Ned 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 the head Remember I got the shingles real bad almost didn't graduate <laughs> Ned Ryerson you I dated your sister for two days until you told me not to Ned Ryerson Yeah Yeah Hey Ned uh, Did you end up going pro on that uh, belly button thing or <laughs> <laughs> Watch that first step. It's a doozy. Uh, Ned Ryerson. Um, hey. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. What's it? Uh, Tabada- I don't know. Uh, Stephen Stephen Tobol. Yeah, Tobol. Stephen Tobolowski yeah. or whatever. Ned, I'd love he to sit here teaches- and talk to you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> he teaches an improv class at this uh, voiceover studio I've been to, um, which is kind of hey, dang everybody so drink reference w- to the acting career. He was also great on um, Silicon Valley yeah. when he had that little He was role. also on uh, Californication. That's right. He played <laughs> yeah, with like this cop. giant yeah. dick. 
He had a huge cock and he was fucking our boy. Yeah, he's uh, talking Cokie Smurf. He's Runkle's wife. Runkle's wife. Oh my god, what a great show. Way off topic here. But yeah, the comic comedies are different now. Short storyline. So yeah, you you got you gotta find your you gotta find the laughs in these uh, Oscar noms. Um like, you know, Vice was billed as kind of a comedy for the globes and you you gotta just like it just comedy comes from great characters, yeah. and great characters are only really in these really well-written, well-directed films. That it's not just there's no real stud comedy stars. Uh, it just comes from real life, I guess. Well, I know. think Bill Hader's somebody that could be really special. He's chosen to spend a lot of time on his Barry project, which we've done podcasts about and really love. And I'm anticipating mm-hmm. to come back. Will Forte is somebody that I really, really like a lot. Uh, he also went to TV. It seems to me a lot of the comedy talent is they're gravitating towards the the television or the streaming, the streaming long, long play. But, yeah, when are we going to see a Falconer movie? I'd like to see that. Know. So I really liked in this Green Book, I really liked that both characters were able to have a very fleshed out arc. And it wasn't just the mm-hmm. it wasn't just Viggo Morton's char- Mortensen's character kind of going from taking the two lemonade glasses and placing them in the trash can to oh I've got this perspective I should be more open minded to other races and cultures but really uh, Doctor Don Shirley also grows as well in this movie and so a lot of times when you get these kind of civil rights movies it's the white person gaining perspective and that's the whole point of the movie but no like both characters yeah. grow in this one yeah uh that is the one problem i did have though it it, it was very um racist light it, it, it just just a touch of racism uh just colored it you know what i mean and well can you go and i the, actually the character... don't can you kind of elaborate on specific moments that you meant? Well, yeah, you mentioned he takes the two lemonade glasses that the the black guys who are painting his house or fixing his sink, you know, yeah. whatever sink. Uh, he puts them in the trash, and then and then he goes to the interview and he's like, "Hey, look, I'm not your valet. I'm not gonna shine your shoes." And that's really about it. He kind of he he. I think he kind of throws gets rid of all that right away, and then they they're like best friends. Oh, um, um, you wanted and, and more then, of a a resistance into the movie. There, it wasn't. It wasn't very hard to convince him. It didn't seem like he had any sort of deep-rooted beliefs. I think it was more so him keeping up appearances around his friends and family, which I guess we get the dinner scene towards the end where he's like, hey, listen, you're not going to call him that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really see him go through much of a change. He seemed he seemed totally fine right from the start, well, other than those two well, moments. Well, the, you know, they're loading the, the luggage in. He's not going to touch the luggage. I think there's uh, there's a few like... That was more him just sticking it to the... No, I kind of took it as like I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think there was some. They were what they were going for was kind of a, a moment there, uh, and then there was just a lot of there was a lot of things in in passing conversation that showed how close minded he was. He's just like, oh, don't you people all love fried chicken? Or there was stuff like that that was just right kind of old man racist uh, that he he's able to overcome towards the end of the movie but then don shirley also has his own you know he has his own views on things he has his own uh, approaches to the world that that change and develop over time too so i did i mean the the, i thought the movie was actually pretty well done in terms of the beats yeah no i i really liked it i just think that i think the critique is that they didn't really go far yeah okay Um, i can see where you're saying with that 
we could have like, used it, some... it was like it was like it was a PG look at the '60s in Alabama. Like it could have gone way worse in any of those moments, mm-hmm. um, and probably did in actuality. Although I can't really speak to that. I haven't really read the memoir or you know whatever. But um, yeah, I just wondered if they had to not not really whitewash it, but but kind of um, Hollywood it up a bit and make it more of a more palatable story and kind of hold off on portraying the South as too overtly racist or um, aggressive. Um, I just wonder how much have they kind of, um, you know, kind of kept the gloves on. Well, they also just, the, some of the moments where they did have the super asshole racists, you ain't gonna come in here, boy, we're gonna give you a haircut, kind of, kind of, there was, there was, they mm-hmm. kind of walked, they kind of went set piece to set piece through this road trip. It was like, okay, and now we're driving to the next racist scene. Now we're driving to the next racist scene. Um, the, the movie doesn't really have much more to say. There's not, uh... There's not a a new perspective that we're seeing. It's just more examples of the same, but through these two characters. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I I liked how the pace. I liked the pace a lot. They kept it moving, and the the nature of a road trip where you, you've always got the next venue, and it's it's a great way to kind of move it. Hollywood along. loves a good road trip, man. I uh, I did yeah. see on one of the posts they said that instead of driving Miss Daisy, this was driving Miss Gazy. Some, somebody's very crude post that I saw. It's like Jesus. I think you driving. Miss I think Gazy. you missed the point of the uh, movie there. But <laughs> that's the best fake movie title I've seen since uh, Call Me by Yeah, Your really. But the um, but yeah, Hollywood loves a good road trip, man. You got Little Miss Sunshine, Almost Famous, Inside Lewin Davis. You know, all the way like Logan. There's the people. People, the, the acclaim, the, the road trip provides an element uh, of, for growth. And you're, as this, as you're going on this trip, you're growing in, in the, the trip of life. So, what do, you, what do you think about the job, the guy that brought us Kingpin Stuck on You, Shallow Hal, uh, <laughs> Movie 43, Peter Fairley? Like, I mean, well, <laughs> where'd this guy come from? I, I, mean, I know we talked about Dumb and Dumber just now as being a classic film. And that was that was on him, but you know we're talking about me, myself, and Irene. I mean, this, yeah. the the guy that pulls his dick out is a practical joke. Uh, that's very that's so indicative of his. Humor. I remember that people were really uh, upset with me, myself, and Irene that that was insensitive, incredibly insensitive to people with mental disorders. And yeah, yeah he's always kind of been a guy that's when you're doing comedy that's the goal is to find the line and then get as close to that line as you can so as a guy who spent his entire career in gross out comedy he's for him to kind of turn around and be like you guys listen to this message this is important (laughs) you need my perspective is kind of interesting yeah i gave you something about mary god damn it you're gonna listen to what i have to say about the 60s alabama yeah um but yeah, also uh, stuck on you. Very insensitive to conjoined yes, twins. Yes, very insensitive. What an asshole. I did like Matt Damon's low low point. In my yeah, opinion. really. Uh, but but overall, uh, a, a good road trip and movie and great acting. And if I had to pick awards for this, do you want to go into get getting the ballots out and where we think 
Yeah, let's get the ballots out. Um, I'm going to be a prisoner for the moment uh, and go with Mahershala for supporting. I don't see how you could, could go any yeah, other way. Yeah, he just has so much more to do, and the character is is way way more important and fleshed out than what Sam Elliott does. But unfortunately... I mean, respect to yeah. Sam Elliott, he was a great part of that. Yeah, film. but he if, if he's in the same category with Mahershala, there's no way he wins. I don't think that... Back so back to back Oscars supporting Oscars destroy back to back supporting Oscars destroying it on True Detective. This guy is this guy's yeah. hot. He's really Ace, hot. Uh, the last person that went back to back was uh, what's his name? The Tarantino or did he go back to back? The Tarantino. Um, um, yeah, it was uh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph. Yeah, Waltz the last guy who to who did he go back to back though? Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's just. Great run here for him, and great character, great acting. Overall, I enjoyed the film. I think uh, I I don't know what else I can give it. I I, uh, I mean the the screenplay won I think a Globe Award. I'm not really up on my um, scorecard yeah. here. I but, think it's um, probably just Marshall I think it's, here. I think it's uh I think it's up there of one of my five favorite films of the year. Yeah, I'd say so too. Uh, I I've got Roma favorite this green book and then i'll put uh, free solo my my documentary guy in there and then uh i can't think of oh vice i really liked so yeah that, that'd be my top five did you five. think the name green book was kind of weird for this movie the the actual green book does not really have a big role in this it's you know it's like the green book is the, the hotels they're able to stay yeah. at but really that's a very little part of this well movie. that 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 f- I, I don't know. It kind of formed the whole basis for the trip. It, it was it was kind of the skeleton from which they built the whole thing around. Okay. Uh, I just thought it was. I, I mean, I don't know for a tight for that to be the title. I, I, was, like, oh. I was kind of expecting more like well, green book moments. I guess well once they pulled out the green book and it was like ding movie title, um, it did kind of fade away. I was like, oh okay, I I I guess there it is. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what it meant and. There we go. Okay. That was my only thought. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you think, what is it, eight nominees and, and the one win for supporting? Yeah. Well, because he's not nominated for director, even though I, I don't think the DGAs have been announced yet. Yeah. But him and Bradley Cooper are not up for the Guild Award, but have not gotten the nah, Oscar. Nah, Corone's going to get the Oscar anyway. Yeah, exactly. We're so we're talking about like who's gonna get mm-hmm. first place. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to our uh, give it a stream. Uh, and for this week, I selected Old Man and the Gun from the five ninety nine bin. Take a clip to England, baby, maybe to Spain. Yeah, I love that song. That's in that movie. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, the, the the tone of the the movie and like the, the music they selected it's it's very wholesome it's it's like a nice rainy day quiet day at it home it feels like an old timey movie vortex yeah the way they does. shot it if, and the the feel and, and the fact that there's a lot of old people in it it definitely feels like a movie from a different time but it's it's current which i really appreciate it robert Robert Redford signing off on his career with this film. Uh, this was one I really wanted to see in theaters um, and had plans to do it, which kind of got kicked around and then it was out of theaters. So had to wait on a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I'm, I'm, was really excited to see it and it didn't disappoint. It was, it was really great. It was just felt like a nice, 
yeah, just a nice old time movie where it's not necessarily about anything with any sort of serious implications. It doesn't require any heavy lifting. It's just a movie star just put into a vehicle that's fit perfect for him. Yeah. I really really like this movie a lot. And it's been on our radar for a little bit. And me and you kept saying that we need to see it and we need to see it. But I love a heist movie. Me and you have always enjoyed a good bank robbery or bank heist movie. But this is like polite bank robbing. Which was sweet and charming. Yeah. If I had to, uh-huh. very if I had charming. to summarize yeah, this movie, movie in one mo- in one word, it would be charming. And if this mm-hmm. is his his last movie to go out on, I think it's a really great project because it's a lot about the love of the craft of bank robbing. The the guy, and this is based on a true story of a guy named Forrest Tucker who was a bank robber into his seventies, and the guy really just loved the process and and having a, a true skill set for robbing banks and it, it kind of i said forrest there's got to be an easier way to earn a living and he said brother i'm not talking about earning a living i'm just talking yeah. about living i love that line i love that line but yeah. really as the actor it really runs parallel to the craft that he's walking away from of acting and producing movies right so it, it's just a mm-hmm. very cool little thing, especially when you start to look at how it mirrors Robert Redford's career, because very early in his career, he was doing like Butch Cassidy and The Sting. And... Yeah, Butch Cassidy, um, The Sting. Yeah, I'm just echoing. Yeah, that's cool. But, but um, he, yeah, so it's, it's, I, it's kind of like, oh, this was, this was something that he was known for, and he's kind of you know, he's, he's mastered the craft of making this type of movie. So it's, it's, it's just this love and this joy. And like when they arrest him, he's smiling. And, and you could really see mm-hmm. the actor himself just, just kind of putting the career down. And, and what a career he's had. I mean, Robert Redford is yeah. just all timer, and and even in, and I and I think about one of my favorite actors is Dustin Hoffman, and the fact that basically Robert Redford, all the presidents, yeah, men. They, how well they work together in all the presidents' men, but even that he was considered for the Graduate, he was supposed to be Benjamin in the in the Graduate before oh, Dustin cool. Hoffman got it, but it's just like, man, these good has way. just such an incredible career, and uh, you know, if this is his last movie, I'll be sad to see him go, but I think it's a great last movie for him to stick the landing on. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, going out like John Elway. I actually, yeah. I just threw on all the President's Men because um, it popped up after I'd seen this. And, you know, it, it's such a great movie to watch, you know, with today's climate. And you're like, man, I hope they get, I hope they get this new guy like they got Nixon. Yeah. That'd be so <laughs> cathartic. Um, Maybe Robert Redford will but, um, get it down. Maybe that's why he's leaving <laughs> acting because he's going to go get Trump. He's going to take him down. All, all the President's Men. Um yeah, because I really liked um, what's the one where he's out on that boat alone? Um, oh, hold on, I have it here. Yeah, the um, it was uh, uh, oh, God damn it! I'll, I'll look for that in a minute. But um, that was uh, that was a great movie. I was I I hadn't seen him in a while, and then I'm like, oh yeah, shit! That you know, Rob Redford, he's still the man. And then you see he's doing like his sign off. Um, and you're like you haven't really thought about it in a while, but yeah, he's just like a great, just just you know, like Paul Newman, all those guys the same. They just put a camera on him, and 
you just know they're a movie star. They just have that presence. Yeah, yeah. You, and, and this movie is full of movie stars. By the way, the movie you're thinking about is All is Lost. All yeah. is Lost. But yeah. the... 2013. Um, yeah, but this movie has... It, and He's done a lot it's, since uh, it's You're really kind of charmed into the life of the characters, and it, it kind of breaks itself out in, in three different ways. You've got his over-the-hill gang, which is him and Danny Glover and Tom Waits. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're just waiting for Danny Glover to, oh, I'm too old for this shit. I forced him, <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Like, dude, Danny Glover was an old man when we were kids watching Lethal Weapon in the 90s. So he's a he's a double <laughs> yeah. old man now. But Pretty sure in every movie he has the line, I'm, I'm too, too old for this shit. shit. I don't think I can do it because I'm too old. <laughs> but, all right, so, but yeah, then you've got Tom Waits. And Tom Waits has that killer monologue about why he hates Christmas. Do you remember this? So, so Tom Waits is talking because I just rewatched the movie today. Tom Waits is talking about how his mother gets remarried to this cop and the cop changes all the locks and writes a 30 page manifesto about how the rules are going to be now that he's taken over the house. So he gets drunk. Man, what the hell? He gets drunk this. on Christmas and he tries to break back into the house and the, the cop pulls a gun on him and says, get out of here, you old sailor. He's like he's never called he's never called me a sailor before in my life. So anyway, that's why I hate Christmas. And that's that's the end of the scene. <laughs> but it's just this really nice kind of just, you know, quiet scene with these old bank robbers and and I just I, I like their interaction. I could have used more of them in the movie honestly. Yeah, They're kind me of too, just actually. like glorified cameos, but I I did like them a lot. And then of course you've got him and Sissy Spacek great and she's great she's really good and and i apparently in an interview she had said that they didn't rehearse a lot because they didn't want the the performance to to feel so performed i guess they wanted mm-hmm. it to be lived in and, and almost improvisational and that really shows in the moments they have together it's very yeah because sometimes she just looks at him with this incredulous like what do i what do i do how do i respond to this guy i can't i can't figure him out yeah and she's just got this smile on her face and she's like just going along with it mm-hmm. and so that now that you say that it's like yeah that's it just felt so natural and such a great chemistry and then of course you've got the whole catch me if you can leonardo dicaprio reference everybody drink but you've got the casey affleck you know and he's kind of mm-hmm. in in the, the whole the cops and robbers in the same story paralleled uh, paralleled lifestyles you know that's been done a hundred times before but I, it was just it was I, I still thought it was really nice and authentic and you know Casey Affleck doesn't have joy in his work but he's got this this family and this and this uh, life support system that brings him joy versus Robert Redford who has no family he's very much a loner but he has all this joy in his work and so watching them kind of parallel each other I thought was was really interesting and and Casey Affleck's worked with the director before in a movie called Ghost Story. You you see Ghost oh, Story? Oh, I never got I never got around to seeing that. But I think uh, this David Lowry guy, he's really good at uh, the mood of a scene and just basically mm-hmm. having the movie like how we said we it's like very charming and old feeling. Uh, Ghost Story is very eerie and uh, melodramatic, but you know just kind of like y- you feel the mood of the movie right away, and I think. Casey Affleck works really well as the cop. It's it's definitely not a, a detective that we've seen quite before. You know what I mean? Well, no, because the, you don't really have a completely joyless. Well, Casey Affleck really nails the just man, men in a joyless life. Uh, it's just uh, let me tell you a story. Uh, 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 frog walks into a bank and um, you know he wants and to it, get yeah, a loan yeah, yeah. and. 
it's like, dude, you're telling a joke to a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, so the toad asks for the loan, and the bank officer says, okay, what kind of a loan do you want? He's like, oh, man, well, I'd like to buy a house. And... It's like, Jesus. It's like, Dad, do you, uh, you okay, man? But uh, I, 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 yeah. I did like Casey in this movie, and, and that scene they have in, in the diner in the bathroom, just not over the head. You know, it doesn't beat you over the head. It's just kind of a cool little back and forth that they have. But uh, it's it, that's really what the, the movie's about. Both of these, Green Book and this movie, very much about more, more about the characters and the acting and the storytelling versus the, the story itself. There's not a lot of surprises here, you know? No. I just loved a lot of the imagery, man. It just actually, and then the montage of his breakouts, and then we we splice in some actual footage of Robert Redford's movie career. That was so it was per- cool. It was at yeah. first I didn't Wasn't know how great? to feel about it, and now I think it's really cool. Um, what do you think? It's kind of cheating. I thought it was cheating for a second, but then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. That was cool. And yeah. uh, you know, and that was over that 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 um the song, Jackson Frank, the the blues run the game. That song, uh. Um, I, I I'll play you out with it today, but I yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I love that. And then that that really cool image of him in that high speed chase with the money floating out the, of the back of that really truck. cool. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Just living 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 the dream. Just like he doesn't even care about the money. Like, like he stores it under his floorboards. You, you can see there's all kinds of old junk down there. And he, like he just puts it down there, doesn't even use it. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's not what, about what the money. Image. It's not about the yeah. money, and it, and it really actually reminds me of Breaking Bad, and it's when Jesse goes to Walt and he says, "We have all the money in the world. Like we could never spend the money that we've made. Why don't we just walk out?" And he's it's it's because it's about being the best of about something. Do you know what it's like to be the very best at something? I'm not gonna walk away from that, or just I have the joy for this. This brings me thrills. This gives my life yeah. purpose it's not about the money it's about the, the thrill of this and that's why he, he likes to hear that he's got that radio in his ear Forrest does mm-hmm. you know he's listening to those those cop calls and it's just like oh this is adrenaline this is thrilling and, and this is living and that's what this movie's about get busy living or get busy dying get busy living or get busy dying <laughs> i forgot you have a great morgan freeman <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I really so, liked it a lot. Me and me and Caitlin fun. watched it a couple nights ago. I rewatched it today. So, ah, friend of the pod, Caitlin. Yeah, give it a stream, everybody. Give it a stream. Give it a stream. That's uh, that's definitely two. Give it a streams from from me and Bob here. And then, um, well, what's so uh, my challenge to you? Uh, it's not really give it a stream, but um, one of my one of my favorite films of the year I've been punting for is uh, Free Solo being re-released into IMAX, which I haven't seen. I've only seen it in the theaters. But uh, I think me and you, have we decided we're going to go see this? We're going to see it. You did me a solid by going to see that play that I recommended to you. I am going to return the favor and Free Solo. I will be in their IMAX. I'll put the s- stupid glasses on if you want, popping bubbles out of the air like some sort of fucked up Ray Charles. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think it's 3D. <laughs> I'm going. Although, although that brings me to a point. Have you have you heard of this um, Peter Jackson documentary, uh, They Shall Never Grow Old? It looks awesome. Yeah, it actually looks in- very intriguing. Um, it It's in a few theaters around here, but I think it's in 3D. I was like, okay, man, that's a little, that's a little too much. Um, I like what you've done restoring the footage, and it kind of looks a little weird, but uh, I'm really into it. it the, the Foley effects alone yeah, um, it looks look amazing. Look amazing. And they've, they've, but, they've uh, added audio to it. 
man, it yeah. really cool. And then to, th- to throw it into 3D, I was like, yeah, wake, wake me up when September ends. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't need to see – that doesn't look like a movie you need to see in th- uh, theaters, let alone 3D. But um, yeah, I definitely want to see that soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get back on and talk about it. Yeah, cool. All right, looking forward to it. All right, well, that's going to do it. I guess we're looking forward to uh, early spring, if uh, if your prediction is correct there, Bob. Yeah, Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head, Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Ned Ryerson? <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure to share this if you liked it. Subscribe, share it with your friends. Cool? Yeah, give us a little review down there. Yeah, a little um, review down there, downstairs. Catch a boat to England, baby. And I'll play you out with a little Blues Runs the Game. Blues Runs Love the it. Game. Great. See you guys, every. See you, everybody. What do you get? Bye. 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 We should really get going soon if we expect to get to Pittsburgh by dinner. Hey, when I was in the army, I know a guy from Pittsburgh. Except he called it Pittsburgh. And he said all the women there had huge tits. That's absurd. Probably the women in Pittsburgh have larger breasts than, say, women in New York. Guess we'll find out, huh? <laughs>